From the north in Kentwood to the south in Ponchatoula, the Ponchatoula Strawberry Festival, Southeastern Louisiana University, and the train tracks, all reasons why the Tangy community is worth spotlighting. Introducing the Tangy Community Download, a community affairs show created to showcase the Tangy community and its uniqueness. Available wherever you get your podcasts or Saturday mornings at 7.30 live on Southeastern Zone 90.9 KSLU. Hey, welcome back to the Tangent Community Download. Today I've got an awesome guest, DJ PV. He is a science and engineering teacher at Ponchatoula High School, and he just recently got awarded one of the most prestigious honors in Louisiana education. He'll talk a little bit more about that, and then we'll talk a little bit about education, where education is right now, and things that we can be doing as a community to help out educators. It's an awesome episode. It's a fun episode. We had a great time. Thank you so much for all the support on the Tangent Community Download. Keep downloading it. Keep sharing it. And we'll keep showcasing Tangy and its community. Thank you so much, and please enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Tangy Community Download. I have a special guest with me today who his accolades will speak for themselves, and I'll let him introduce himself and tell us a little bit about himself. Uh, so go ahead. What's your name, and uh, what, do you, what do you do? Sure. My name is uh, DJ Peavy. Uh, I teach at Punchtula High School, where I teach science classes and engineering classes. And this year, I am the Louisiana High School Teacher of the Year for 2024. Louisiana High School Teacher of the Year. That is an awesome accolade. How um, was the selection process for that? Like, did you have to submit or were you submitted by someone else? So this is um, kind of a year-long process. It starts with a nomination from the staff and students at the school level. Um, and then it moves to each school's nominees um, submit an application packet and the district, so in this case Tantua Parish, um, selects their um, winners. So they'll select an elementary, a middle school, and a high school to kind of put forward in the Louisiana State Teacher of the Year competition. And then from there, it's a year-long process of submitting videos and applications and interviews and um, blog entries, a, a bunch of different types of uh, writing and video uh, things that'll go in um, through a series of rounds where they'll go from, uh, they started with, I think they said 300 applicants, mm-hmm. and they bring it down to a group of 20 uh, semifinalists, then from there, a group of nine uh, finalists, and then from there, they'll select an overall state winner, and then a high school, middle school, and elementary school uh, teacher of the year. So it's kind of a, a long process. They had, I think, um, at their, out of the 20 uh, actually, I'm not sure on the numbers on that. So, <laughs> yeah. But I think they started with a with a, a large selection pool and then kind of whittled it down down from there. And you made it all the way through. So 320, whatever the you made it all the way through to the end. So congratulations from me on that one. That's really cool. Thanks. What was the honor like when you got it? When you received? When you did you know about it before they announced it, or what? There was like an announcement, and then you learned that you were teacher of the year. So they do it live. Um, the The event is um, a big end of the year educators gala at um, the World War II Museum mm. um, in New Orleans. They um, big, you know, nice formal black tie event. Um, we knew we were finalists, but we didn't know who was going to be, you know, the overall winners. And so they announced it live um, at the event there. Um, it was kind of an electric feeling. You know, it's a big room with, you know, some of the you know biggest people in education here in Louisiana there. Um, and of course, you know, just so many great candidates, you know, we over this process, we kind of learn each other's stories and we learn where we're coming from. And, you know, the 
we're, we're, you, you know the impact of the people from their communities because mm-hmm. if they didn't make an impact, they wouldn't be in, in the running for this, for this event. And so, um, you know, you have people you're rooting for, and it's, it was a, uh, a really exciting time to be nominated or to be selected as the overall winner for, the, uh, for, the, for this process. That's awesome. I'm sure your students were backing you up as because if you make it that far as the teacher of the year, you've got students behind your back. I know when I was and that's one of the ones reasons I wanted to bring you on is because when I was a teacher, the one thing that I cared about the most was, you know, I've got these this group of kids that I'm responsible for, obviously, but this group of kids that I'm pulling for and they're pulling for me. And I know that they were probably behind you the whole way. Oh, yeah. You know, the the outpouring of support from the community and from the students. You know, today was the first day back. And, um, you know, I kind of like to keep my social media separate from the kids and all Mm -hmm. just to like to keep those professional boundaries. But, you know, it's it's a small punch tool is a small town. And so the the word was out and the number of students and former students that had, you know, coming and congratulating students I hadn't taught that knew. And you're like, oh, that's what the teacher of the year. It was it was a really nice, you know, kind of reliving that excitement of that the the night that the winners were announced. It was just like that today, um, walking down the hallways and hearing, you know, the excitement from the students. So it was cool. It was that's cool awesome. Time. I know that we, uh, on our morning news, we aired the story about how you won. And so that's awesome, especially like you've got the whole community around you. And that's like something really cool. Anytime anybody wins an award in the community, the whole community like gathers around and like mm-hmm. rallies around that person. And that's, you know, part of what this podcast is, is we're talking about what's cool about Tangeboro Parish. And what's cool about it is that we have one of the, you know, the Louisiana chose as the teacher of the year, best teachers in Louisiana, and we're all excited about it. We're talking about it, and that's what we're going to talk about today, you know, education as a whole, and uh, just talk about that. I know there's a lot that goes on with education. Like, there's, people don't know, like, people think, a lot of people either think that teaching is the hardest job ever or, like, super easy, but the truth about it is, is like a little bit of both sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, you've got, some of it's difficult, some of it's not. A lot of it's, like, a lot of people, what people don't know is like a lot of it's like not with a lot of the job of teaching is where students aren't in the room. Yeah, that's true. There's true. There's a lot of, there's a lot of prep work and a lot that goes into uh, getting it set up. I think that, you know, for us, you know, we started on Monday um, with, you know, teachers and we did our big rally here at the, at the university center. Um, and then we had our, you know, our PD, but, you know, for, for many teachers that, that, you know, just because Monday was the first day to report, that's certainly not the, the first day of work over the summer. You know, it goes mm-hmm. into aligning your curriculum and trainings and getting the room set up. That alone is a huge task, yes. you know, just before the kids even walk in the door. And honestly, you know, today being the first day with kids, um, that, uh, it, it, it felt like we had already, you know, we'd already been there, that this was kind of the, the settling of things, not the beginning of, of the, uh, of the process. And so it was really, you know, I always feel on the first day of school, um, rather than that nervousness, that, uh, tension, like, okay, that you're starting up, that's when I relax in and the routine begins yeah. and, you know, things are back to normal. Here we are. I got the kids. We're good to go. You know, it's, I think it's, it's the opposite. When the kids aren't around, that's when the work is, you know, that's, that's when it's really, really tough and has a lot going on. For me, the first day was every emotion. Like, obviously I didn't feel like a lot of, like a, a mounting amount of stress, but I did feel some because the cool thing about first days is that you've got a new group. If you're teaching high school, you've got a new group coming in. You've got a new group that just 
entered their last year. So you've got so many people in different places. You've mm-hmm. got a new group of students. You've got some students that may have had your class before. And so, like, you, there's so much that goes on the first day as far as emotionally, especially for me. Like, I would see all these students, and I'd be like, hey, how was your summer? And they changed so much, or they were the exact same. And I, I either changed a lot or they changed a lot, teaching styles and stuff. So, like, the first day was, like, every emotion compounded into one for me. Sure. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate that, um, you know, it's you know, whether whether you're upset that summer's over, whether they are nervous about the first day of school. Um, I think that there's always it's it, there's always a catharsis and that, uh, you know, kind of release of that energy um, on that first day. It's it's really, really great. Yeah. So talking about, you know, we talked about the Tangy community download. One of the core words of that is community and a a lot of the times teachers are on the forefront of the impact of the community because those teachers see the future of the community. You know, you've got in your classes, you've got, you may have the next, uh, not the next, but a, ma- a mayor of Hammond down the line. You may have well, police chief, you may have police officer, you may have either this or that. And so one of the ways that teachers can impact the community is just being there. And that's what we get to do as teachers is something really cool is that we get to be there. What do you think your biggest impact as a teacher is to the community? Um, so, our, so I teach um, some a series of engineering classes and um, robotics and computer science classes. That's kind of where I'm at this year. And for me, what's really exciting about that opportunity is, sure, I'm trying to you know help kids um, on their path towards an engineering degree, but also through that, I'm showing them like what are the other jobs here? What you know, maybe engineering isn't for you, but is it construction management? Is it being an electrician? Is it being a welder? Is it um, being something else entirely? Is it programming? What's you know? And so these are all. Um, high need jobs and uh, air, you know, areas that seamlessly uh, integrate into the community. Um, and knowing that I'm putting those kids on that path and those kids are, you know, giving back into their community after they earn their, mm-hmm. uh, earn their degrees and come back and are working. And that's, that's a really great thing is for me, especially in these courses that I'm teaching now, kind of bridging that gap from um, the school campus to their career and where those careers are in the community. Um, the also the nice thing with that is that um, I get to kind of look forward and be like, okay, what are the skills that are needed? What are the, how are these fields changing and what can I focus on? Who do I need to bring in? Do I need to bring in um, specialists in artificial intelligence? Do I need to work on um, bringing in more programming or um, specialists in like Python or um, C or JavaScript? Like what are, what are the programming languages that um, um, are going to be important? moving forward and how can I make sure that these kids going into those career paths or college, whichever it is that they're leaving out of my classroom and having those skills. And I, I feel I feel that calling to make sure that that's what's happening, that everything that I give them is something they're going to use eventually. Yeah. And see, I was kind of the same way. I, at Franklin High School, I taught uh, film and TV. 
I was a film and TV teacher, but a lot of people just think that film and TV is like going in and you're sitting in front of a camera, you're doing this, you're doing that, and making a YouTube video here and there. But it's a lot more than that. You know, there are people behind the camera. There are people that once the production is done, they go and work on it. And so my biggest thing with them was tell, showing them that there was more to the broadcast side of things than just uh, just the production, what you see on the screen. Mm-hmm. And so that's – I love – that was probably my favorite part about like learning, like teaching a STEM. And it was called a pathway. Um, teaching a STEM pathway was that, you know, they were seeing that they could do more than just what they on the surface level. I know for me, when I was in high school, my dream goal was to be on ESPN. Mm-hmm. That was I wanted to be on ESPN my whole life. And learning going through college, you know, being on TV on ESPN was probably not going to be the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. It was probably not going to be the path that I should take. But going to college and learning, um, learning that, you know, I could be behind the camera, I could do this, I could do that. That was really cool. And now high schools have that available. When I was in high school, that wasn't something you went to your core classes, you had a couple of electives. You really didn't have the ability to see what you were going to, uh, I guess, what you were going to learn in college. And so that's uh, to me that was really important when I was teaching was making sure that they knew going into college what I wish I knew going into college because maybe they can make a bigger impact when they first get there. Absolutely, yeah. The um, I mean, just the opportunities for kids are so much greater now. Um, to n- not just with technology and, and things like that, but just the the types of courses um, and these uh, dual enrollments and hybrid courses and uh, certification courses and CTE courses. There's so many more opportunities to get the chance to experience a career path, get the chance to experience um, the the types of classes that they might be taking within a certain major and make those decisions in high school before it's a major financial decision to change majors or take classes that they're paying for that, you know, oh gosh, I don't need that one. Or I ended up, no, I don't really like that. I'm going to transfer to something else or withdraw and take a new, a different class instead. To be able to do all that in high school is just absolutely invaluable. And for many kids, it's realizing that, yeah, I really like this career and I, there's a pathway for me to do it right out of high school. And I, I now know how to go into that rather than um, just kind of taking a, a low-paying kind of service-level job, we, we can funnel our high school kids now into some really great career paths that just, I mean, the opportunities are, are endless. And so it's, it's, a, it's a great time for kids. Yeah. For me, one of the things that I always thought was cool, and a lot of people don't think about this, and this may be a, a bad way of thinking about it, but a lot of times when you teach these classes, uh, one of the, another cool thing is maybe that student that's in it will think like, no, nah, this isn't for me. And they get to they get to jump from there. You know, you got to experience it, learned it wasn't for you. And that in turn helps out your experience later on because you know that that's probably not something you want to do. When I was in college, I changed my major four times. Mm-hmm. If maybe I had more classes in high school that helped me along, I may have not changed my major four times and had to go an extra year of college. Maybe so. And, you know, the, the, the flip side of that, though, is that all experiences are good experiences and that the skills you learn in a course, while maybe maybe this um, intro to engineering class showed you you didn't want to be an engineer, but the teamwork and collaboration and just uh, planning, pre-planning, and uh, taking an idea and learning how to turn it into something real and manifest it in the real world, 
maybe that kid's not going to be an engineer, but those are certainly some soft skills that are going to pay out. Um, and so being able to look beyond just, okay, I'm in this class and these are the objectives of the class. What are the soft skills that I'm picking up along the way and how are those going to be valuable to me? You know, my major in uh, college was in music. My degree's in music. Um, mm-hmm. I've been teaching, you know, science classes for 15 years and I, I, I like to think I'm, I'm pretty okay at it. Um, but my background's in music and one of the questions I get asked a lot is like, how is it, how are you able to to do this? How can you teach these programming classes and computer science? Well, music is coding, right? It is, it is a programming language. And so like that training wired my brain to be able to pick up different different things you know and the um um, on monday we had a big educator rally um where you know i just said a few opening words um and it was a room of three thousand people and right before we started um uh melissa stilly the superintendent she's like have you ever spoken to a room this big before uh, this many people before and i said i haven't but you know as as a music major you're you have to get up in front of your peers and sing and be evaluated and you know that that's tough, and you do that every every Thursday during recital hour through through a music program, and those kinds of things. Even though I'm not singing anymore, I'm not getting in front of a, a crowd and singing. I'm still drawing on those skills of learning to manage my nervousness and learning how to keep my composure in front of a lot of people. It's it's a transferable skill, and finding those transferable yeah. skills in the courses is is that's something that I always am really looking for in whatever the class it is that I'm teaching. Honestly, I had a pretty similar uh, time in school. Uh, I left college as a communication major. My first year teaching, I was fully history, fully mm-hmm. history teacher. And while history was something that I really enjoyed in high school, I felt like I was pretty good at. I didn't go to college to learn history. I wasn't learning history, but what me learning communication and then stepping into a history role, what I learned was that I can use my communication skills to speak this, what happened to these students, and them be able to get it in a different way than maybe someone who, you know, just a history teacher is able to teach it. I was able to speak it to them, and that's something I really enjoyed about history is that I kind of made it like a, uh, kind of like a narrative lecture instead of like a just, here's what it is, this is this. And I was able to teach civics, so it was more of like a it was more of like a practical applications class anyway. But um, it was a lot of fun, and so I know I know the the struggle of having a degree in something and then moving to something new. But the struggle is only there for a little bit because yeah. once you get into the role, I mean, you're you're it, it didn't feel to me like I wasn't a history teacher at any point. You know, obviously I taught media the next year, and I only taught one class of that. But it didn't ever feel like I wasn't a history teacher, even though my degree definitely said communication and media studies. <laughs> yeah. So you're a resident of Tangibo Parish. I am, um, yeah. And you teach in Tangibo Parish, and a lot of the times the web is wide. Like you've got one student goes home to their parent, their parent talks to their cousin, and you impact the community through them. What is the, big, the biggest way that we as people can impact the community? Um. So... I, I really do see that, you know, what happens in the classroom isn't just um, between teacher and student, that that really does border on that interface between um, school and community. Um, and then, you know, the, how punch things that are happening in the small community impacts the larger community in, in, in a lot of ways. I think, you know, I've kind of always been in this like science and engineering kind of role. Um, and for me, some of those 
those um, challenges are combating like anti-intellectualism and um, a lot of uh, feelings of mistrust when it comes to data and science and the scientific process. And so for me, I think one of the biggest ways that I can impact that that I can address those greater challenges in the in the community at large is by engaging my kids in the classroom in real science and what mm-hmm. science looks like, the scientific process, um, how data is used and interpreted, and how we can understand that data. Um, that That's important. And those kinds of things, if we can do a good job of that, if we can get away from the memorization, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, if we can get away from, from those kinds of just giving kids little nuggets of facts and instead develop skills, skills to look analytically at a set of data, skills of understanding um, how science is a process and how different systems in the body interact with each other, that that kid later on is far less likely to um, not not understand what their doctor is saying and not trust it. Or mm-hmm. maybe when a scientific issue is in the news, whether that's through um, something controversial, um, a controversial pipeline or um, drilling or something climate related, that rather than kind of jumping on the bandwagon, uh, coming from a place of, oh, well, I, I've learned how to understand this data and I can see where um, there's some misconception conceptions here, right? And being able to engage in scientific conversations at home and in their community. If those are the skills that we focus on in the classroom, not not converting anybody or changing minds or indoctrinating, but rather just learning how to look critically at a set of data and be able to understand that there are, you know, the bigger picture, scientifically speaking, that that, that changes things. And if mm-hmm. we can do that, one student time, two students at a time, change a family, change mm-hmm. a community. That, that's, how, that's how we change uh, the mindset of the community at large. It's awesome you said that because as a civics teacher, teaching in South Louisiana, I had a lot of issues because I had to teach a lot of difficult topics. We talked about things like the Civil War, eras, political eras, things of that nature, and we had to talk about a lot of topics. And in Southern Louisiana, there's we have kind of a split in and this is a country an issue at home we're not gonna get into a political topic but you know people those kids are listening to what their parents are saying and there's a lot of you know at ninth grade 10th grade they may not know they may not know how to process that information and so my big thing as a civics teacher was I really just wanted to teach them the facts I didn't want I didn't tell them one way or the other I just told them how it was and hopefully they could use that information what they learned in that class what is just the truth and maybe they'd have their own thoughts on it and that was a big thing that I did as a teacher and I really tried and like you said you're giving them this data you're presenting them with these facts and these experiments hopefully hopefully they're looking at it and they're able to make their own assumptions about it and that's that's a huge thing in the community is if we have more people that are informed, if we if more people are informed and more people can make, you know, decisions based on what they know is true, I feel like nobody nobody could stand to not have that. That's yeah. a good thing all around. And and going back, there's 
the wh while I tend to um, avoid um, getting into conversations um, that um, you know that could potentially impact the way a person might think. And I, I, I certainly don't like that territory. It's not one that mm -hmm. I do. But the soft skill of learning how to engage in a conversation and how to ask questions, mm -hmm. how to think critically past, okay, what am I reading? And um, what questions do I have? What questions aren't being answered by what I'm looking at or this chart or graph or this, this thing that I'm hearing? Learning how to... Um, to engage in those conversations and ask questions and remain cool, those, those are great skills to have. And it's those kinds of skills that a strong um, educational background, um, a, a good system, um, and a, a set of teachers that are really focusing on skills rather than you know facts and figures, that that's, that's where change happens. And that's where the most impact occurs. Absolutely. So as we wrap up, we're getting close to time. I know we've talked a lot about, you know, the impact of the community and education and things like that. If you were to give one last word, as far as like a teacher, as that's a part of the community, one last word to the people that are listening to this podcast about anything, you know, you have to, you, I guess I'm giving you your time to preach, <laughs> which I, sometimes I've, you know, regretted that. But this time, you know, I feel like this could be a really good opportunity. What would you say? What are your final words when it comes to this, like the topic we've talked about? If you could drive home anything. Um, I think the, you know, one of the things that are really special about Tantua Parish is a lot of us stay. And I don't mean that in a bad way that, but, you know, we go to our Tantua Parish schools, we um, go to college um, nearby, um, yeah. Southeastern, LSU, maybe, maybe farther away to Tech or ULL, but, but college is pretty close by. And then we return back and go to school. Even my, myself, I, I left for, um, I was in Little Rock, Arkansas for a while and I, I still came back. I'm still part mm -hmm. of this because it, it calls you home. Tangeville yeah. Parish is, is um, there's, there's a high gravity. It brings you back. It, it, keeps, it pulls you back in. Um, but what ends up happening is we, we kind of get on, you know, once we graduate from our high schools and we get out into the greater world, we tend to forget about those high schools. And it was those high schools that in a large way, or and, and middle schools and elementary schools in a large way that set us on the trajectory to where we are now. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it was a great teacher that lit a spark and put you on a pathway to be um, a musician or an artist or a writer or a um, working in working with your hands or in carpentry, that, that there's so many great teachers that have impacted these communities. And what I would say to our communities, remember to, to get in get in contact, be a part of that high school experience, be a part of your middle schools and elementary schools, and help help us out. We mm -hmm. you know we often kind of feel like we're an island. We we're kind of um, by ourselves, us against us against the world at the high school level, trying to um, just fight for basic supplies and basic um, equipment needed to kind of keep us going. If there um, there's if, if there was already a support system built around us of community members that are reaching out, say, hey, I was in Punch Tula High School's band and it made a difference in my life. What can I do to help you out? 
right? I was in um, the robotics program at Hammond High. What can I do to help support this program? Rather than us as teachers having to kind of rally the troops and get people back and always ask for donations and support, um, that if if the community could kind of rally and embrace us back. I think that, and there's so many great things already happening, but a lot of times it takes the teacher. It takes the teacher kind of going out and reaching out and knocking on doors and shaking hands and trying to make those contacts. I would love it. I would love it if, if we would also get, hey, I'm just a random member of community and I, what can I do to help? What do you need? That, that's, that makes such an impact on our kids. No way possible he could have said it better. Thank you, DJ, for coming on. It's been a great episode. This has been the Tangy Community Download again. Check back next week. We'll be on at the same time, 7.30 a.m. on Saturday. We'll see you later.